If you're enjoying the show, please show your support and hit the subscribe button now. This means you'll always be notified when a new show is released and it helps us to grow and to keep bringing better content and guests your way. And if you love the show, please come join us at our private Facebook group too, where all the conversation happens. Link is in the show notes. Welcome to Self Care Club, where we are talking all about the Zoe Nutrition app. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Laura Mishkun, and this is Self Care Club. The advice for self care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self care practice, live it to the letter for a week, and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well being, or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self Care Club. Today is Dr. Federica Amati, who's a postdoctoral medical scientist and an AFN accredited nutritionist with over 10 years of experience in scientific research and communications. And she is the science communications strategist for Zoe. Welcome to the club. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here this Monday morning. We're delighted to have you because you're going to tell us all about this wonderful app that we've been doing for the past month or so. Tell us, what's the main aim of it? So Zoe's aim is to improve the health of millions. So it's a pretty big goal that we have as a company. And the app is one of the ways we do that. And it's the way that you can really get personalized nutrition information using the testing kit that you guys have both done now. Mm -hmm. Um, The app delivers lessons every day, teaching you about nutrition, the fundamentals. And then it also helps you use your scores to build better meals for your biology every day. So it's really um, a tool to add to your toolkit, if you will. Of self-care toolkit. Nice. We <laughs> use that all the time. Uh, to just help you make food decisions that are geared towards your health. Mm-hmm. And it is individual. So you got you will have seen that your results are very different between the two of you. And it's about just giving us that daily reminder of what foods should I be including today to help me feel my best. And that can change from day to day. And there's lots of exciting science that we're doing at Zoe to make those daily recommendations even more personalized and that's you know all to come but even just now I think the most exciting thing about Zoe app is that people finally get an insight into how they can build meals adding more foods in instead of you know taking foods away or denying themselves that help them bring them to higher Zoe score and feel better yeah I love that oh, when someone signs up to the app how does it work so what's the process so really, first you sign up for the testing. That's the first step. You don't, you can't access the app without the testing because the, the whole app is informed by your test results. Yeah. So then you sign up to the app for however many months you think you'll need to use it. I think there's real benefit to signing up for the full year. Also because as a company, we're looking to introduce ways that we can track how you improve. And so staying with us is a good idea. But some people, you know, might just want to try a month and then you can rejoin later. Mm-hmm. So you sign up to the app. Once you've done your test, your tests rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you've probably spoken about this before, but the gut microbiome test is basically just sending a poo sample in the post. We haven't told them anything oh, yet. No, no. no. So this is their, we're going to okay. go into that. But this okay. is their Later. first introduction yeah. to the Zoe app. Fine. Okay. So you go to joinzoe.com and you sign up for your test kit and your app subscription. And once you receive your test kit, what you'll receive is this beautiful yellow box. It's very sunshine it is, yellow. It yeah. is beautiful, yeah. <laughs> and inside it, there'll be your test muffins, your test meal, essentially. And then there's a continuous glucose monitor, which you stick onto your arm, and it monitors your blood sugar levels throughout the day. Yeah. Then you also have this 
poop sample kit, which is essentially this miniature spoon where you scoop out a bit of poo, pop it in the post. It's lovely. It's a new experience for most people. Yeah. Um, And then there's a blood fat test, which is essentially a finger prick blood test Mm -hmm. where you have to do all sorts of funky movements and warm your hands up so that you get enough blood out to do a proper blood spot. On top of that, the app will get a food frequency questionnaire, which so it asks you lots of questions about your usual diet. And then the last uh, sort of component of the testing is your demographic data. So all about you, your background, your age, whether you're male or female, all those things then feed into Zoe's algorithm. And it works out how you're going to react to foods. And how it does that is because when you eat your test meal, your muffins, they are formulated to be exactly the same as they were in the clinical trials that Zoe did to design the product. And those muffins are full of sugar and full of fat. So they're metabolic challenges to your body. It's like, here you go, how are you gonna handle that? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And yeah. um, then the blood the sort of blood sample we take for your blood fats and the continuous glucose monitor trace tells us how your body, how your biology has reacted to that insult of those muffins. Um, and that data we then use at Zoe to see how you compare to people who have similar age, similar background, and how we think that means you'll react to certain foods based on their composition. It's pretty accurate. So, and we've just um, finished trialing it again to check that it works, and it really does, which is really exciting. And, um, and a relief after you've done all relief, that testing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then the, all that information gets put together to create your personalized Zoe scores. Mm-hmm. Now the personalized Zoe score is what you get access to in the app. So you've done your testing, you've sent everything off, it gets analyzed and then you get this beautiful report with your results that tells you how well you deal with sh- sugar, how well you deal with fats, and also what gut microbes do you have in your gut? Which, how many of the helpful ones, how many of the unhelpful ones, and what is the ratio and how many diverse species do you have? You get this really quite comprehensive report. I think a lot of people struggle to read the whole thing but if you do love to have all the information it's in there and you also get all the results in your zoe app in the form of individual dice scores as well as specific foods recommended for you and specific recipes recommended for you yeah all all together based on your results designed to help you eat better for your own body and then how do you use all of that knowledge in your everyday life moving forwards yeah so i think at, at first it can be a bit Um, Not overwhelming, but you need to get used to it. So I think what's really nice about the Zoe app is that in the two weeks during testing and then a couple of weeks while you wait for your results, there's lots of lessons in the app. Every day there's new lessons. Every day there's new opportunities to learn about our science and also how you're going to use the app. So it allows you to also start saving some of your favorite recipes and ideas. So if, if, you know, the, the people who use the app from day one and really engage with it, find that by the time the Zoe scores arrive, they're ready to go. And they can then plan their meals, get lots of inspiration, lots of recipe ideas, lots of foods that maybe they haven't eaten for a while that score really highly for them and incorporate them into their day. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think for me, my experience was that you'd hope that I already knew what to eat with my job. Yeah. (laughs) um, You know, I I haven't had a good idea, but actually when I got my results, there were certain foods that Zoe was suggesting and I was like, I haven't had that for a while and I'm going to make it. And it's going to be, it's just a nice reminder of foods that you maybe haven't had and that good for you. Um, Incorporate them back into your diet. And it really encourages a lot of the dietary principles that we know help most people. So introducing fermented foods is one of them, making sure that you tried some natural yogurt um, on, on, you know, a few times a week, maybe sauerkraut, maybe you like kombucha, but 
try and introduce those sort of fermented foods that a lot of us don't think about mm-hmm. and increase plant intake. So there's no secret that we all know um, in sort of nutrition science, science world that increasing plant intake is beneficial for virtually everybody. So there's a lot of interesting ways to do that. How can we incorporate more of those plant foods in as well as delicious recipes to, to do that, like in a new way that maybe you haven't done before? How much is it, the Zoe app, to sign up to? So the test kit is about £300 and then it's a monthly price. So depending on whether you pay for a month, four months or a year, I think the full year. So if you sign up for the kit and you get a full year's membership, it's £590 for the year. So it's, we worked sort of, we work it out as like less than two pounds a day as an investment. So less than any coffee you buy in London for sure. Um, but of course it is still a high upfront cost, which is why at Zoe we're so keen on making our science freely available. Our, we have a great podcast, we have blogs, we have lots of information on the website and Instagram as well. And we're hoping that with scale, the plan is that with scale, the, the product will be more affordable as well. So yeah, yeah we're aware of that. Would you say this is for everyone? This is kind of a two-part question. Is this for everyone? Mm-hmm. And who or who are the ideal people that would really benefit from this app? Yeah, so I think it is for everyone. There are some caveats, of course, because if you have a medical condition, especially things like irritable bowel diseases, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disorder, you know, there's we don't... Uh, we, we won't sell the Zoe app to those people, not because we don't want to help, but because yeah. there are some serious medical considerations that need to be made when you give dietary advice yeah. to people that have pre-existing medical conditions. So I'm not saying well, one day it would be great if we could make that available, but, you know, Zoe is, um, we are a nutrition, personalized nutrition company. We're not a medical okay. device. Yeah. So there's a really important distinction there. Yeah. And we're very, very uh, clear and strict on that. We don't, we're not trying to oversell ourselves when we know that some conditions require extra medical care. Having said that, uh, a lot of people benefit, can benefit from Zoe, and our community are amazing, our members are amazing, like their feedback, the groups that they have formed on Facebook. We have the most amazing uh, community membership team that look after them and help find them ways to connect. And the feedback we get is amazing. So one of the reasons I love working um, with Zoe is that the member feedback is insane. It's like, it's changed my life. I'm now able to sit down on the sofa with my husband because my joints don't hurt when I, when I sit. You know, um, wow. I feel better. My energy is better. My menopausal symptoms have much improved. Like, there's so many, so much quality of life improvement. Wow. And that is what we're really striving mm. for. We want to improve people's lives. So I'm biased. So I, as a nutritionist, I work mostly with women. So I think that women, especially women who have, who are recovering from postnatal, so when your baby's maybe around one and you get to that point where you're suddenly like, right, what's going on with me? Yeah. I think there's a huge area of, time, of like peace that can be done there. And then I work a lot with women going through peri- perimenopause and menopause. And Zoe can be absolutely pivotal for those women. So it's really the the feedback we get from that group of women is really really good um and it's just empowering i think sometimes you know giving women the license to say like these things are going to make you feel great go away and like do what you will with it and make it your own take the information and education provide and then do it as however you want to do it that can be really powerful Mm -hmm. and it can make a big big difference to people's lives and i think it's the, the tangible outcomes 
that we see with energy, with redu- reduction in pain, with just better, better mood, better life. I mean, you're literally picking every single thing that I have wrong with me at the moment. <laughs> I'm in pain. I'm okay. a bit moody. Honestly, I'm like, everything's pricking up now. So yeah, well, hopefully then Zoe yes. will help you with it. Yes. And I think engaging with the app definitely helps with that, right? I mean, the results are really interesting. And some people are like, well, I just want the results. And it's like, yeah, the results are amazing. And we're the only company that presents results in the way that we do. Um, but if engaging with the app is how you then really get to unlock the potential of what those results mean. Yes. And it does, listen, it is a bit more effort than just, here's a pill, like, yeah. here's here's a supplement or here. But if we, if you're sort of engaged in that and you want to make that change to the food that you're eating every day, then it's a much longer term change that will bring longer term success and outcomes. Um, so I think that it's a different, as we were sort of talking about earlier, it's a different approach and it does require a bit more investment mm. from us, mm. but it's a much better return of investment in the long term. Which diets or fads that are going on now make you cross? Oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've had to remove myself a little bit um, from following certain people because okay. it just, it's a waste of my energy. Yeah. I have a lot of wonderful things going on in my life that I need to focus on and focusing on what other people are doing that is not great, isn't one of my favorite things to do. But I think that most things that promise a silver bullet uh, are problematic for me. Mm. And and also oversimplification of human physiology. So I I know that I, I'm privileged in that I've had a lot of education. So I'm a medical scientist and nutritionist and I've worked in public, I'm a public health as well. And so I have a wider lens than some most people, I guess. But it just really bothers me when people try to oversimplify human physiology and they say, well, if we just tackle this one thing, then everything else will fall into place. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't really work like that. And I also, um, I'm a big believer in like life course. So our biology changes mm. a lot through our life course. And so what will work for us when we're 20 is not mm. going to work when we're 40. Yeah. It's not so going to work when we're 50. And so again, oversimplifying that message, I think is problematic. Now, I'm on the flip side of that, I'm a big believer in simple scientific messaging. So communicating evidence-based science in a simple way is I think a great skill and I think it's something that we should be doing more of as scientists but promising a silver bullet to sell a product mm-hmm. like you know whether that's a supplement or a book or a course or whatever I don't think that's fair and it can be problematic when you're not really engaging with that person's needs um, or that person's like ability to do some of this stuff um it was interesting i've I recently heard a doctor speak about her advice and she's this wonderful very very successful uh, medical doctor and runs one of the most successful clinics in the world but some of her advice was so unattainable <laughs> so and i just like thought, what what is what like what you know it was just a bit there was just advice about making sure that you can source your extra virgin olive oil direct from the growers initially. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's, that's not going to happen this for 99.99999%. No, 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 that is, that is, that so is not very I've barely got time to go to Tesco's to get <laughs> it. Like, it's just so not happening. Another thing that I really, and I think, uh, you know, Tim Spector's very good at this, and at Zoe, we really care about this, is delivering advice that people can just execute at home without added pressure. We already have so much pressure yes. yeah. from life. Yeah. Yes. And I think, one thing I'm conscious of is like, we want to improve people's health. We want to help them eat better food for their biology. 
without make add, without making this another stressor. Yes. Food, I'm Italian, so forgive me, but food is a pleasure. Food yes. is life. Food is love. Food is life. Food is community. Exactly. And we're Jewish, we so we get it. It's the same, <laughs> speak the same thing. Language. Yeah. <laughs> Cultural yeah. similarity. So, you know, we can't, like, food is supposed to be pleasurable. Yeah. It is one of life's greatest pleasures. And I think we need to go back to that. And that cannot involve, well, you can only get this food if it's this, 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 this. And if it's got this and this and this and this is problematic. It's like, no, we know what dietary patterns are good for us. We know that being attentive to what works for us personally is really game changing and that Zoe is working towards and providing that as a platform but also knowing yourself knowing that as we just said like what what worked 10 years ago won't work today and then within that sphere make food a pleasure but know that we have a food environment which is problematic so yeah foods that aren't great for us are the ones that are easiest easiest available to us so we do have to work a little bit harder to get those foods that are good for us but it doesn't mean breaking the bank you know Frozen berries, frozen vegetables, dried legumes, tinned beans, all these foods are brilliant for our health and they are very much affordable. I think it's a really important point to make because food is getting more expensive by the week. Especially fresh food. And mm. not everybody is able to afford everything all of the time. Exactly. And and ac- you know some people don't have access to fresh fruit and veg. So I think exactly. to just to be able to say, yeah, you can get it tinned, you can get it frozen, it's got just as many nutrients, is actually really important to And actually to know. frozen vegetables and fruits maintain their phytonutrients, their yeah. chemicals, better because they don't get exposed to the heat, which degrades them. So frozen spinach, arguably more nutritious, right? Unless you're lucky enough to grow it in your garden, for example. Mm. And I think that's another thing, like growing food at home is actually, it's not always successful, but it can be fun, especially if you have kids. It doesn't take much space and it can be incredibly productive. Like we had, um, lockdown was classic. We were like, what should we do? <laughs> Let's grow some vegetables. And that those runner beans said that we planted some random kale and runner beans and we were eating them for weeks. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it just kept coming. Um, so, but that, you know, again, that's not accessible to everybody. It's just remembering that frozen, dried, tinned, all great. And actually try to ask yourself, like, is there something I could buy today instead of this really cheap, really available ultra processed food? Could I not buy that? And what could I buy instead? Mm. Um, because again, we're advertised the stuff that isn't great for us. Yeah. So it's bombarded. And just that, even just that awareness yeah. can sometimes help people just to stop and think, actually, instead of buying that two for one multi-share crisp packet, I'll buy something else, which is the same price, but has a better health profile for me and my family. And but by the way, I'm not saying we should never eat crisps. That's ridiculous. I like crisps. But it's just the majority of our food we need to be a bit mindful of. Absolutely. Yeah. Can we talk about the gut? Oh, the well, gut of course we can. Microbiome. <laughs> can I we ever? Like, I feel like it's the trendiest thing. Oh, that, well, Everyone you know, loves I, to talk about the gut. It's good because it's been a trend that, it's not been a trend, it's been a while now. I'm like, it's it's firmly embedded in health and wellness, which is mm. great. So it's been 10 years now, I think, right? So that's why, quite a long why time. is it so important, Federica? So it's so important because we know now and it, the evidence keeps mounting. It's I published a review on this last year and there's like, more evidence since I published this paper. So it's quite recent last year, right? Mm, to publish a paper. Yes. No, no, no. Like, there's way more evidence. Now. Okay. <laughs> um, it's There's lots of research, lots of evidence that shows that the gut microbiome, which is this population of trillions of microbial things, teeny little things that live in our gut, mostly our colon, 
Um, the impact that they have on our health is insane. And actually, I was giving a talk recently and I was saying 99% of the DNA in our body is actually microbial. It's not human. So they, the majority of our DNA is not human in our wow. bodies. And just thinking about that, you think, okay, so we're basically a vessel for these guys. Mm, we are just a <laughs> uh, bacteria house. We are just, we're, yeah, this perfect Lovely. symbiotic yeah. super so super organism and just the fact that we found out what it can do for us um what it does for us every day so the gut microbiome all these tiny things they produce these chemicals called postbiotics or metabolites there's lots of names for them but essentially it's the byproduct so you know it's the poo <laughs> they eat the fiber in our diet mm -hmm. they munch away that's about five percent of our food tends to be fiber that makes its way down to the colon the rest is all absorbed up uh, in the small intestine, it goes to, to the liver to be processed. The, the stuff that reaches the colon, fiber, the, the microbes like break that down and they break that down because they need it for their own energy. And the byproduct is these postbiotics. And that includes enzymes, hormones, vitamins. So vitamin K, vitamin B12, lots of vitamins are actually made by a gut microbiome for us. Um, it also includes uh, things like short chain fatty acids. So butyrate is the most popular short chain fatty acid and they're essential to maintain and repair the lining of our gut wall so when we think about people who suffer with inflammatory bowel ibs or they have really sensitive tummies often that that layer is disrupted and it causes havoc you know mm. it makes people feel really unwell mm. it makes your immune system so 80 percent of your immune system cells like reside around your gut they're sitting around the gut waiting for instructions on is there a pathogen that we need to be aware of? What are you giving us? So when you think about it, so one of the main ways that our immune system comes into contact with external factors is through the gut, through what we eat. So it's sitting there waiting for information from the gut microbiome. And essentially, if we if the short-chain fatty acids don't work, we don't have enough of them, and the, micro, the, the layer gets disrupted, the gut layer gets disrupted, then you have this leaky gut. I hate that term. But leaky it, it, gut. Yes, but it I've really like, gives you the idea. It's mm. not a real medical term, but mm. you have this leak of things that shouldn't be crossing mm -hmm. that barrier. And our immune system is like, what's going on? Like, these aren't supposed to be here. And so you get this inflammation that goes on and it's chronic and it's low-grade inflammation, but that's really depleting and tiring. Mm. And it also makes you more susceptible to infection Yeah, because your immune system is busy doing something else. So... That's one of the like. That's one of the many reasons. But you know, thinking about w women's health, what I love about the gut microbiome is that it's incredibly powerful for predicting fertility. It's incredibly powerful for predicting whether you're going to have a preterm labor. Wow! Because the gut microbiome and vaginal microbiome yes. talk to each other as well. Yeah. Um, it's also incredibly powerful with menopause. So the Zoe menopause study showed that women's microbiome drastically changes from pre to post menopause. So our postmenopausal microbiome is more similar to a man's than it is to premenopausal women's microbiome. Wow. wow! And that's because we think is because there's a whole family of microbes that are sensitive to estrogen and that are involved with estrogen, uh, with like estrogen not not synthesis but with maintaining estrogen levels, mm -hmm. called the estrabolome. And when we hit the menopause and estrogen drastically obviously declines those guys can't survive. They don't thrive anymore. So the whole wow. balance of our microbiome changes. And some in the study, in the Zoe menopause study that was led by Dr. Sarah Berry, she found that postmenopausal women had more pro-obesogenic, pro-inflammatory microbes. 
So even the microbiome in women postmenopausally was geared towards those changes that we're trying to actually work against. We don't want wow. to have probiogenic means that it's more likely to have visceral fat, more fat around your waist. Oh, I see. Um, so it's really interesting. So interesting. It's, it's really yeah. powerful for so many health aspects. I mean, we, we all know about the gut-brain axis. It's, that's another quite trendy thing, but hugely powerful for mood. So we know that modulating our diet to help support the microbiome can actually decrease the re- severity of depression symptoms. Um, we also know that <laughs> the gut, you know, the, so name it. Name Actually, that's easier. Name name me, like give me a disease or something and I'll ask me if there's a gut microbiome. My, migraines. Yes. Yeah, so we think there's also connection. I, I suffer with migraines. Um, the partly to do with, again, that estrogen balance that we talked about. So if you're a hormonal migraine sufferer like I am, actually... The gut, the estrabolome, the gut microbes that help to cleave estrogen from receptors can help to balance that estrogen out throughout your cycle so you don't get that um, crash migraine with the estrogen crash at the end so of your cycle. As you're aging and as you're going through life, you're basically needing to change up what it is that you're putting into your body in order to keep the gut healthy. Yes, and I think what's really as a, just reminded me of a really good point is that if we don't work to sustain the helpful bugs, mm. right? And and ways of doing that are eating all this variety of fiber and plants, but also introducing them with the fermented foods that we touched on because fermented foods contain the helpful guys. Yeah. So like just seeding that in. If we don't do that, it's not like, oh, well, I haven't fed the good guys, never mind. It's like, no, the bad guys are there, right? So like it's it's a closed environment. It's a little microcosm. If the good guys aren't thriving, there's not just going to be empty space. <laughs> the bad guys are going to thrive. Because whatever you're not feeding the good guys, the bad guys are going to be making mm. the most of whatever you are eating. Mm. So this is something that I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about diversity of microbiome. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talk about eating for your microbes. But remembering that there's a, there's a difference between the good strains and the bad strains. Yeah. And that it's not just diversity, it's what are the ratios? Like, who do you have in there? Who's your army? Mm. Is it mm. fighting for mm. you or against you? Mm. So that's where we're moving towards now. And a lot of the advice that we provide with Zoe, a lot of the work that Tim Spector's team is doing, all the micro microbiome specialists are doing, is looking at this differentiation. Like, What are the good guys? What are the bad guys? How do we... And then can we actually choose to feed specific foods? Like, mm-hmm. are there specific mm-hmm. foods associated with growing the good guy population? Nice. Um, yeah, so that's where the science is going. But honestly... G- Gut microbiome is. I can see. Is, is it's a one bit, of your favourite topics. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Her eyes lit up. She is into it. It was like food porn, isn't it? <laughs> gut porn. What is gut it? porn? Yeah. I'm like a massive proponent of the Mediterranean diet. So yeah. I've published on it. I. It's amazingly powerful. Can you imagine? At one point, about five years ago, there was a paper that came out that suggested that the reason why the Mediterranean diet is so powerful is because it mediates changes in the gut microbiome. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, it was your best day I, ever. Oh yeah, it was scientifically my apex. <laughs> and also just to bring it back to its simplicity, the good news is that the Zoe app kind of, with all your testing, it figures all this stuff out for you. So yes. it's not so complicated. It's not, and that, so your foods, the lists of foods that you have on the Zoe app that literally say to you, these foods are good for your gut bugs. Gut boosters. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can open that up and have a look and say, okay, I'm going to add these to my day. I'm going to I'm gonna eat some more of this. See, one of mine is interesting is cucumber. And I, oh. I, had, 
I had scrapped cucumber. I was like, whatever, like cucumber, it's not that exciting. And then I saw it, I was like, actually, I do actually quite like cucumber. And so now I like I have it so much more regularly. And and it's such a simple food, not as not expensive. We're yeah. not, you know, we're not saying go and buy some like organic goji berries. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's very ordinary Accessible. food. That, yes. Um, do have you found that a lot of people have said that their top scoring foods are foods that they really like? Um, no. Oh. You know, I think I haven't had that. I think some of the foods that come up with that, like, people are like, oh, yeah, I do really like eating that, actually. I do like those foods. Um, but, you know, when you look at dietary data for the whole nation, so if you look at the whole population, most of us are not eating anywhere near enough plants. Mm. So 90, 90 to 95% of us don't hit the daily requirement for fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you s- open the Zoe app, a lot of the recommended foods are plants. They are, yes. For good reason. Yes. And um, I think most people are like, oh, okay, there's a lot of plants here. It's like, well, yeah, because really most of our plate should be made up with plants. And it's not. I, I, I haven't found someone yet who's like, unless they're, you know, vegan or they're very, very l- far along their journey into becoming more plant-based. It's A lot of people don't have that. And actually... Even vegans often use replacement foods, so like yes. vegan mm. burgers, mm. vegan chicken nuggets, vegan, so and they processed. Don't count. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about eating food in order? So let's say you've got a mm. plate and it's got veg and rice and a protein on it. Eating the veg first, then the protein, and then the carb at the end. Is that well, a thing? This is a thing, but I have to warn this one because the studies that were done for this were with people with type 2 diabetes. So uh-huh. people who had poor blood glucose control. Yeah. But not just poor blood glucose control, like in a way that we're trying to forecast health, as in they have diabetes. So it's medical, right? Now, the studies that were done for this looked at feeding people some vegetables, like a good 10, I think it was 10 or 15 minutes before the meal. Right. And then having their meal. And it did have an impact. Yeah, of course, because they're full. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, but also like it's a different. So do I, so do I think, as an Italian, do I think that antipasti is a great idea where mm-hmm. you actually, or aperitivo, where you actually have some like olives, some great vegetables, maybe some hummus and curite, which is not Italian, but you get me. Do I think it's a good idea to have that and then go on to have your dinner or your lunch? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You've had vegetables first, you've had plants first, you've had a social meetup with your mates or mm-hmm. your family, um, and then you're having a main meal. I think that is a good idea. Do I think we should be picking up our, our tuna sandwiches to eat the lettuce before the rest? No. I don't okay. think that's helpful. I actually think that's also, a, you know, it's disordered eating. A lot of yes. people use that as a tactic. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so, no, I wouldn't recommend that. Okay. If you have a plate of food and it's a meal, mm-hmm. so if you're having lasagna, for example, mm-hmm. or a risotto, don't unpick the vegetables out. Mm. But if you do enjoy a green salad before your meal, that's great. Like, that's a really nice thing to have to start the meal with. And a lot of cultures have this, by the way. It's not, you know, antipasti for Italians, the French have it. Middle Eastern cultures often have fresh herbs. Yeah. Um, In our culture, it is literally like really sweet bread and a lot of chopped liver. (laughs) (laughs) The chopped liver's all right. Very high in iron. There's that. (laughs) There's no plants. And the pickled cucumbers are very good because they're fermented. Yeah, pickled cucumbers are great. That's true. We do Um, have pickled cucumbers. But I think when we look back at like traditional ways of eating... The beginning of a meal is usually centered around some sort of plant yeah. and while we wait for the meal to come yeah. out. Yes, that is true. And that is just, that's fine. That's great. Let's go back to that. I feel like you've just given me a golden nugget that I might take with me for the rest of my life. 
Oh God, she's gonna so carry great. a bag of carrots around forever. <laughs> that's it. In that, a that bag. just made my day. If I've done that, then great. I really do because I think if you could just get those plants in early yeah. doors in a very sociable, yeah. balanced way, yes. that's brilliant. Yes, and it's it's nice, isn't it? You you can put these veggies out even if it's just cherry tomatoes and sliced cucumber. Yeah, and your kids can pick at them. Yeah. you can all pick at them while you wait for dinner. They're already cold. They're not going to go cold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and then. But I mean, for dinner parties and social things, I love, you know, these big sort of almost like bouquets of just different veggies chopped up with like some sort of dip. And it I can do it in a glass. Oil. I do it in a big yeah. glass for the kids and then they just can take it. And it just looks nice yeah. as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's sociable. So I think that's the way to think about it as opposed to should we be splitting the flavours up yes. in our food? Yes. No, I don't no. I don't agree with that. Thank you so much for coming in and giving us all your wonderful knowledge. For people, and I'm sure there's going to be many, that want to sign up to the Zoe app, where can they do that? So it's joinzoe.com. That's where you can find all the information and the sign up link. And you can also find us on Instagram as well if that's easier for you. There's YouTube. I think we're on every single social platform. (laughs) Uh, But joinzoe.com is the website. And I think you guys have a discount code. Uh, yes, we do. Yes. It's running Thanks through down. our ads at the moment. It is right. It's on our host read at the beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Thank, Thank you so much for coming in. You've been Thank an absolute wonder. I've loved everything you've said. Oh, I'm going. I, I'm just like <laughs> she's off to chop celery right now. <laughs> Make sure you keep the flowery <laughs> bit at the top. Yeah. <laughs> do I get extra points? Well, I just think it looks nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm only interested in the point system from here on in. Um, that's been brilliant. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me this episode is sponsored by horizon studios if you're traveling this year and looking for high quality sustainable and beautifully designed luggage then look no further than horizon studios who've launched two new ranges the re series the world's most sustainable 97 percent recycled luggage and now the revolutionary air series the world's lightest high-end suitcase If you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases. Thank goodness, Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios. Let's go further. So, the very long-awaited question, how did you feel going into this whole experiment? Interested, intrigued, mildly concerned. Mm. And you? Delighted, lucky, 
and curious to know what my results would be. Should we just go straight in with all of it? Yeah. Okay, I've got a lot of voice notes. Basically, most of my week, I'm going to tell you through the voice notes. The problem is, is that we did the testing together. We did, we so did. So I think we're going to have to do the testing bit. Yes, and then, we'll and then go the into... after bit. Yeah. yeah. But you'll hear as we go along and then you jump in because we did the same tests on the same day. So mine is on the voice note and yours you'll have to do in real time. So it's the day before we're beginning the Zoe app testing and there's quite a lot of pre-prep work to do. You've got to take your muffins out of the freezer. You've got to fill in a lot of data about your diet. You've got to set up an app that helps you with the scanning and you've got to apply the sensor. So I was getting on with all of it and then went to do the sensor and suddenly got really frightened. I do not know why. It was absolutely pathetic. So I had to call Nicole for a bit of a pep talk. And uh, she was like, oh, goodness sake, it's totally fine. I've already done it. So I just got Ollie to whack it in my arm and I have to say it did not hurt at all. So I'm set up and ready to start tomorrow. So they say it's a sticker, right? It's like a round patch and they say it's a sticker and it comes in like a pump and you basically have to put it on your arm and then just push it in and then it's... Yeah, and it like pierces your skin right. and then it sits in there. But it, but when I looked at it, I suddenly saw that it had a tiny, tiny, teeny, teeny needle in the middle and that's obviously what's picking and up your it, blood sugars. It's not even a quarter of an inch long. No, no, no. It's nothing. It's tiny, but it gave me like the heebies because it was a tiny, you tiny don't needle. Like little pricks i've i've learned this <laughs> i've learned that this week i about really you. don't like little pricks no you really don't <laughs> and so i just suddenly got the fear i was like i thought this was a sticker but it's actually a needle and i just can't put this in my arm so i just closed my eyes and said to ollie just stick it in anyway listen the yeah. the there's a lot to do yeah right? so on the testing day yeah there, this was pre-test day. I, yeah i know there's a lot to do yeah but you have to read it all before the yes. test day because you actually have to stick this this um what, what implant blood sensor yeah you have to stick the sensor in your arm 24 hours before because it can take to up to 24 hours to kick start yeah and it has to be kick started when you're doing all the testing mm -hmm. play my voice note please so it's the day before we start the Zoe app and you have to uh, you have to apply your blood sensor test. And there's, there's a lot on this app, right? So there's quite a lot of information. There's quite a lot of steps that you have to go through. And I'm not brilliant at that. As you know, I don't read a manual, but I've had to read the manual. Anyway, so I text Lauren this morning to say, do we apply the sensor today? Like, do we actually put it on our arm today? And she replies back with the manual basically telling me basically saying i can't be bothered to discuss this with you and then says it's all in the app so i do it i do the whole thing i put it on my arm it was fine i read through everything like a good girl and and i did it anyway i then text her saying okay i've done it stroppy knickers thanks for your help because she did not <laughs> want to help me and then ha five minutes later i get a phone call from mrs mishcon telling me that she's got the fear and she can't put it in her arm i said oh you know what it's all in the app <laughs> just read the app i mean what was that you literally sent me a picture of the manual 
I did send you a picture of manual. I sent you the picture, the screenshot of like these yes, are the steps. The picture of before, the manual. The day before. Picture of the like, manual. Like I had access, you had the same access to it that I did, but I you know. just didn't want to read it because it was too much information. Yes. So just ask Lauren yes. because she reads everything and deals with all because the information. Because I have self-diagnosed ADHD. Yeah, I You think, do not. I think this self-diagnosed ADHD gets you out of having to just do shit you don't want to do because you know that I'll read everything and follow all the instructions. I, I swear to you, yeah. this is not about my self-diagnosed ADHD, okay. but I swear to you, yeah. when there are a lot of things to read mm. and a lot of information to mm. take in, mm. I immediately distrust that I'm going to miss something. And I know that you are very thorough, so I knew that you would have all the answers. Anyway, which, which I, I did. figured it out because you left me to do it on my own. Well, I didn't. I sent you the screenshot of what to do, so you had the information to hand again. That didn't help me. I already had that. Oh, okay. Well, you sorted yourself out, so we're both fine. Moving on. It's test morning. So I fasted for eight hours overnight. Not allowed any coffee or tea with milk or any sweetener this morning. So I've had peppermint tea and just eaten the breakfast muffins. Wow. <laughs> they ain't winning any prizes for delicious muffins, but they are perfectly... Um, made to have the right amount of sugar and fats and carbs in them so that they can test how you metabolize it that was a bit of a struggle because I don't eat breakfast so eating three large muffins at 8 a.m was <laughs> was a bit weird but that's done and now we fast for four hours until the lunch muffins how did you get on with the breakfast muffins they were really big there was they a were lot massive yeah. and you had to eat all, all three of, of them <clears throat> didn't you yeah and then, because it, it's testing how you're responding to food, it's mm. very clever. Mm. So they they are just pure fat and sugar. There's no flavour to them. They're not like blueberry flavour or chocolate. We did They're it just... on the morning that we were recording. Yeah. So we both had the breakfast muffins yeah. before we came to the studio. And then we had to take a stool sample. Okay, gut health test also completed this morning. You have to give a poop sample. And I have to say... They have this kit down. They give you gloves, they give you a little scoop and a test tube, and my favourite bit, they give you a poo hammock, which you stick to the toilet. Very clever. Anyway, you know, I mean, what more could you ask for on a Monday morning? But that's now ticked off the list. So that was the... The, the scooping of the poo yeah. at eight o'clock in the morning yeah. while sticking the hammock onto the toilet seat mm. was an experience. I found it quite non-eventful, actually. I just felt like they really set you up to just make it as easy as possible. It was fine. You know? They did They did set it up. Yeah. And the packaging is all lovely and it's all very clear and it, 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 it takes you through step by step. But I have never... I've never had to give a stool sample. But you have picked up like dog poo every day for I the last up, two years. Pick up dog poo, and I've done day. it every day for fourteen years. So I, it's fairly, it was fairly a non-event for me. The next bit was much worse. <laughs> Zoe test day continues with the lunch muffins. So we both fasted after the breakfast muffins, and then we ate the lunch muffins whilst in the studio. I actually found these easier than the breakfast muffins because my body had woken up. So I just pretended they were these award-winning delicious muffins and ate them. Then I had a huge sugar high and then a bit of a crash once we got back to Nicole's house. A bit of a crash. Then it was time for the finger prick blood test. Nicole got on with it. I behaved like a complete baby. I could not prick my own finger. Nicole had to do it for me whilst I looked away and screamed and 
was basically like a four-year-old and then had to go through three plasters because it all bled so much. But we have now completed our test day, which is a huge (laughs) relief. You threw an absolute whitey. Play my voice message. So the testing day is done. It wasn't the best day of my life. The muffins are going to stay with me for a very, very long time for a manner of reasons. I mean, Lauren pulled a proper whitey about half an hour later. And I know that's the whole point of them, but they are dense to eat. I can eat anything. I have the most unsophisticated palate in the world. And I really struggled with them. I get the point of it. It's a means to an end. But I hope that this testing is is accurate because to have to eat those muffins and then the the poo sample in the hammock and then Lauren throwing a tantrum with the the blood pricking, it, it was a lot. It was a lot for a day. I'm absolutely exhausted and I'm looking forward to just getting on with it now. I was so relieved when test day was, it was done. A, it was a lot. Yeah, but it had to be done. It did. And we did it. We did. Yay us. Like two rock stars. Well, you weren't such a rock star with the blood pricking. I tried to be, but again. You didn't and also try. just bled, like everywhere, just bled and you bled You actually bled. didn't try. <laughs> I would say you did not try. It was not fun. I didn't like it. No. But you did it for me, so thanks for that. I did. Because I wouldn't have been able to do that myself. Like a baby. I could imagine if I was diabetic and I had to finger prick myself three I times you'd, a day. You'd get over it. You'd be very neutral about it. It wouldn't bother you anymore because it'd be part of your everyday. You'd yeah, have to get over yeah. it. I mean, the thing is, considering what I did for a living for 16 years. I know, it's very surprising. Full of blood and needles and that? gore. It's I don't prick. know, it's doing it to myself. It's the pricking, because you were also very stressed about taking the blood scanner out. Oh my God. You went on about that oh a lot. Oh my God, I, I was like, traumatised. You were like, oh, mine fell off eventually. Well, it was, did. I knocked it off actually, so you do have to be very careful was, with well, it. Well, I had the sticker on mine. But you're allergic to the glue, so you couldn't. But uh, I was terrified about it. It was nothing. Taking it out was nothing. 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 Anyway, nothing, so, the, nothing. so the day was over. And then you we, have the scanner in for like two weeks. Correct. So we had to wait. It was going to be between four and six weeks for our results. But in the meantime, we had to regularly scan the app on our arm. And Which this is, is very easy to do because you've downloaded this app called Libra. Yeah. It's um, the diabetic app. Yes. The diabetics use it. And all you do is you eat something and then you literally open the app, scan, touch the top of the phone to the scanner. You can do it over your clothes. I only realised that after about a week. Could you? Yeah. I you, did not realise that. didn't because I kept stripping off. So did I. And then I couldn't be bothered one day. So I just did it over a jumper and it, it worked. I did not realise that. Yeah. Oh God, I wish I'd known. I know. Um, but I didn't realise till right at the end. And so you scan it and you scan it as many times as you want. And the more you scan, the more accurate your results are going to yeah, be. Yeah, the more data they're going to get. So you can scan like in the morning before you eat anything, you can scan and then you scan just after you've eaten and then a few hours later and you just see how your body's responding to absolutely <laughs> everything that you're eating all the time. <laughs> Lauren had a bit of a fright. I did. So I've been endlessly scanning my own arm to look at my blood sugar. And already, even though we're only three days in, I've had some rather worrying results overnight. The app keeps telling me that I am having low blood sugar events. Now, I know an event might sound fun, but in this case, it's not that fun having very, very low blood sugar. But I'm going to tell you the story on the podcast because it's too long to dictate in a voice note. So it says on the app 
it should be just above 3.9, which is basically <clears throat> standard blood sugar. If it's anything under three, you may be uh, having a, a low blood sugar event. And if it's under three, you should be calling an ambulance. An ambulance, because you may go into a coma, you may have a seizure. Basically, if you're diabetic and your sugar drops that low, you, you're in trouble yes, if you haven't got your very insulin. dangerous. So I wake up in the morning, first morning, and it's 3.1. I'm like, mm, fairly low. I text you. I'm like, my blood sugar is 3.1 this morning. The next morning, I wake up, it's 3. You then said to me, I keep having events. Yeah. So I was like, what are you talking about? You said, like, my blood sugar. I'm like, I think events is a bit dramatic. You're like, <laughs> no, that's what they're called. <laughs> so I go down this massive internet rabbit hole of Googling low blood sugar events. What does it mean? And I have decided after a couple of days. You're diabetic. I've got nocturnal hypoglycemia. And or you, no, I didn't think I was diabetic. I, I figured out I had nocturnal hypoglycemia or you I had did, a thyroid you, problem. You did think at one point you were diabetic. That was the first day. Then I Googled oh. more. And then I thought, you know, there's something wrong. There is something wrong. Third day, woke up, it's 2.9. So I phoned you. I was like, my, my, my blood sugar is 2.9. I should be having a seizure. I might be in a coma. You were like, are you in a coma? I said, no, I'm unloading the dishwasher. <laughs> Do you feel all right? I feel absolutely fine. Do you feel faint? No. no. Do you need to eat? No. no. Weird really fucking weird but it kept going on so it started to become a little bit worrying so i think right well i've got this nutritionist who's seeing us through the whole the whole process so i'm gonna email her so i send a whole email hi i've been scanning and these are my results and i think i've got nocturnal hypoglycemia and it was 2.9 this morning and what do you think she said she replied a few hours later in the app ha has a doctor diagnosed you with this no no no, no. i've, I've diagnosed myself <laughs> like my adhd yeah, yeah. she said um <laughs> i think what you might find is happening is uh, you're sleeping on your sensor. And it's basically giving you a false reading. When you scan uh, like half an hour later, what happens? She said, well, it goes up to five, 5.3. She said, yeah, you're sleeping on your sensor. So after that, I stopped sleeping on that arm. And you know what? Stop, were... Stopped having events. <laughs> so the results came back. Took six weeks, but they're in. And so I scheduled my call with my... Zoe Helper, who's called Tori. And we just had a half an hour meeting where she went through all of my results, which was really helpful because it comes back with a hell of a lot of data to go through. So my blood sugar response is not great. It's actually quite poor. My blood fat response, on the other hand, is quite high. So in layman's terms, this means that my body metabolizes fat really well, but it doesn't metabolize sugars really well. And my gut results were that my diversity, as in how many bugs I had, was not that high. But the amount of good bugs that I had was extremely high. So that's really good. So it means although there's not a huge amount of gut diversity, there is a lot of good bacteria in my gut doing its thing. The other thing that was really interesting was that I didn't know that your blood sugar response and your blood fat response is not something that can really be changed. It just is as it is. And it can be to do with how you grow up, what you eat, genetics, things like stress, 
Um, it's not really something that you can fix. So that was very interesting. But the gut diversity and the gut bacteria is. So I've started my action plan on the app, and this is going to teach me what foods to combine. So nothing's ever banned, but it means that I can now combine foods that are going to spike my blood sugar response with other foods that are going to mean that it's not going to spike so high. And it also gives me a detailed list of what my gut boosters would be, stuff that would be great for me to add to my diversity and also stuff that I should be eating very irregularly because it's going to suppress the good bacteria in my gut. So now I've got all this info to hand and I can just get going. Great. Tra-la-la. <laughs> so I had my call with yes. Tori yes. as well a couple of days later. Yeah. And so she goes through, because there's so much information. Yeah. So she goes through step by step what everything means. And you actually pointed it out very nicely there. And that's what all the differences are. And of course, the results are very, very bespoke mm. to you. Yeah. So no one is ever going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Play my voice note. Just got off the call from the representative from Zoe she's called Tori and she was lovely and she went through all my results with me and it turns out that I have very good blood sugars and I have very good blood fat excellent I think her words were you scored excellent which means I have excellence in this area I don't think Lauren scored as well because she was in the background giving me the middle finger which (laughs) makes me think that she didn't score the same as me Call me sharp, call me intuitive, but that's the feeling I got. You were right. (laughs) You had the real needle about it. Yeah, because I had a feeling that was going to happen. A, that I just can't eat carbs or sugar, even though I love them. Everyone loves them. And that you would be able to. Yeah. So it was like, oh, my worst nightmares coming true. Were there any big surprises in your results? Not really. No, there weren't any for me either. There were, I mean, there were a few like gut boosters that I could, that I could add in, and I knew that my diversity wouldn't be brilliant because I'm so robotic with my food. Yeah. Um, but also, like you, my good bacteria was good. My bad bad bacteria were low. Yeah. So that yeah. was all in place. Yeah. But I do need to get some more plants in my diet, without mm. a doubt. So we've just had lunch together at Nicole's house. She's made the lunch. We've eaten the same lunch. The lunch was a brown pita, some tuna and a salad. And in the salad was some cucumber, some lettuce, some avocado, some mixed seeds and some cherry tomatoes. It was a delightful lunch. What was your Zoe score? Da, da, da. 86. Mine was 78. And she's got the right hump about it. <laughs> I've got the right hump because <laughs> I cannot eat... Well, no, I'm going to say I cannot because on Zoe you can eat anything. But I am advised not to be eating the pitta. My pitta was like 28 and for you it's a 56. So you see, this is the difference. I can't take the sugar and she can. And you're you're annoyed about that. And I'm right fucked off about it. (laughs) So the good thing about this Zoe app is... What it does for you is it gives you a point system yeah. on every single food that you would possibly think of consuming. Yeah. Every nut, every seed, every dressing, everything. But also brands. So let's say you eat a Jordan's granola bar. You yes. can actually look up the exact one that you're well, you, eating or the got, yogurt or whatever. It's got a barcode scanner. Yeah. So you can scan it 
So let's say it's a Jordan's muesli bar. You scan the back, the barcode and it will give you the point. Yeah. And anything that's like in the green, you can eat freely. So it's roughly anything from 100 to 60. Something like that. Well, there's light green and dark green. Dark green, you can like, they won't need to eat all the time. Light green, eat freely. And then there's like orange and yellow. So once you start getting into the 50s and the 40s, yeah. it's eat in moderation. And then you go into the reds. 20, yeah, yellows and reds, yeah. Which really you shouldn't eat well, at all. Well, it just it's going to yeah. make you feel rubbish. Like because a lollipop. Yeah, it's yeah. going to... Boiled sweets for me were a zero. Well, yeah. I love a boiled sweet. Um, so, and then what it does is the beauty of it is there was one day where I had a bowl of porridge mm -hmm. and I always have porridge oats. I have a scoop of protein in it um, and some blueberries. Yeah. So I logged it to see what it would score. Now the protein powder is full of crap. So yeah. it scored really low. So what that did was it brought the overall score of the meal down. Yes. So then what I did was I shoved in loads of mixed seeds mm -hmm. and it brought the score back up. Yes. So you can mess around with it. And oh, and I also put in a scoop of peanut butter. Yeah. So the score was roughly around 75 where it would have been in about a 50. Yes. So for example, with me, if I want to eat a piece of toast, that would be a very low scoring thing for me. But if I combined it with unsweetened, crunchy almond butter, very specific, that would bring my score up. So it's <clears throat> it's never saying to you, you shouldn't eat this, you can never eat this, but it's telling you if you want to eat this, the try and up, this is how to up your points. And then at the end of the day, when you've logged all your meals, you can see how you've scored for the day. Yeah. And every day you're trying to get like 75 or above on your meals. Yeah. Um, and it's also got loads of recipe ideas. Tons. And we made one. We did. I made one. We, we've done a voice note on it. Let me tell you, that broccoli salad from the Zoe app was completely delicious. Lauren, how delicious was it? Really, really yummy. Surprisingly yummy. Yeah. I mean, Lauren was moaning as she was making it. We both feel full, happy and full of energy because it was 86 on both of our Zoe apps. I think it was 85 for me <laughs> and 86 for you. But it was like a lovely creamy dressing, raw broccoli, loads of stuff in the salad, some almonds. It was really good. It was really yummy. Yeah. And I felt full for ages. So there's tons of ideas on the app of, of meals to try. Yeah. And they're not complicated. It's not difficult stuff to cook. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, we've really, we've been doing this now for, I think it's been like nine weeks since we started this. Well, we haven't been doing using the app for the recipes and the food for nine weeks we've been no. doing that for about three weeks yeah. and I haven't been doing it every day mm. um but the days that I am doing it I'm really enjoying it mm -hmm. should we go to summary yeah so I mean are you noticing a difference in your energy levels um yeah because I'm trying not to do the carby thing especially in the afternoons and I am better but obviously I have days where I'm naturally more tired than other days and I can't always put that down to food sometimes it might be where I am in my cycle sometimes yeah, it might be much. just because I'm I had too late a night or I've had a really busy week or I'm feeling a bit stressed but obviously all of this stuff and learning what supports you to have more energy and to do good stuff for your gut is is going to only benefit you so I do feel really really lucky and grateful not only that I now know what's going on in my body but I also have been given these very very simple tools in this app to be able to help myself yeah once you get over all of the bump and once you kind of get your head around it and it does take a few days to yeah. get your head around everything because there's a lot of information yes. to take in yes 
but it's very consumable. You just have to be open to consuming it. And once you've done that and you get your head around how to move around the app, it's actually brilliant. And and I think it's really helpful and really useful. The only thing I find a bit of a pain is logging the food. Yeah, because you're not logging just a meal, you're logging everything. So if you have a salad, you're adding in all the components of the salad. Look, it takes but, a few minutes But to once do. it's logged, you can then save it as a meal. Yeah. And because I'm quite robotic with my food, in a after a couple of weeks, everything's in there. I was just about to say for you, that's so easy because yeah. you eat the same things yeah. over and over. But for me, it's I'm never doing that. So for me, I'm always logging yeah. all the new stuff. But I'm learning very very quickly what my good combinations and bad combinations are so it does start to kind of become second nature okay I want to have this but I'm going to have this with it also what I learned was with my normal breakfast that I've been eating maybe for like six seven years Mm. every day Mm. was with the oats and the protein powder I get hungry quite quickly yeah but once I put in a scoop of peanut butter and some mixed seeds Mm. it really sustains me for a lot longer it's really interesting just those little tweaks do make quite a big difference I would have imagined that porridge would be good for me but obviously it's not because it's oats yeah so I I'm encouraged to do full fat Greek yogurt with berries with seeds and actually when I do eat that I'm full for hours and hours and hours and it's really good for the gut. There was another thing like certain foods are quite surprisingly low for me. So I have Alpen with yogurt. Yeah. Pretty much every night. It's like a, and some berries. Mm-hmm. It's a, a late night snack. Alpen is like a 40 yeah, for me. Yeah, it's just sugar. But it, but it actually isn't sugar. It's better than all the other granolas that I use and the mueslis because it's lower in sugar. But it's lower, but it's not low. It, it is quite low. It's not the sugar. I don't know what it is in there. I think there's just a lot of shit in it. Yeah. Rather than it being particularly sugary or carby mm. or anything. Because mm. um, it's quite low in calorie as well. Anyway, I've taken that out. I now put in um, oats and seeds. So it's a, still a bit crunchy. usually fied. Mm. And it's better for me. Yeah. So those little tiny tweaks, mm. I think, are really useful. Yeah. Agreed. So the big question, is it coming in the club? course it's coming it's 100 yeah. definitely coming, coming in, the, in club. the club and actually I started out with when it, when people used to see me with the monitor on the back of my arm and they'd be like oh what's that what's that I didn't know you were diabetic I'm like no I'm doing the Zoe app and people were so intrigued oh I was thinking about that yeah what do you think and in those couple of weeks I I said oh look it's nothing you don't already know you know how to look after yourself I'm sure I'm not going to learn anything new but actually I've changed my mind about it I think Having that information is for the rest of your life is so crucial to your overall long-term health. Absolutely. And you would not know that information no, you without would, you doing can't that testing. Know it. You no. can't know it. No. So I think it's I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I really do. And so, I think anyone yeah. can benefit from it. So it's a little bit of, you know, it's it's a little bit of work to get there, but it's fine. It's completely doable. If I can do it, believe me, anyone can do it. And and then you get all the benefits of knowing all this stuff forever. Yeah. So it's good yeah it's It's great in the club it's there it's there Um, thank you so much for listening that was our long awaited show on the Zoe app thank you to Zoe for gifting us all of the uh, the testing kits and the tests and thank you to Tori for all the information and for 
explaining everything through with us. Yeah, she was really great she and really helpful. Great. So we had a call with her before and after yeah. and she was brilliant. And thank you to Frederica for coming on the show. We're just delighted that we have been a part of this in some small way. And we will be back on Friday with our epilogue show. See you then. Bye. The Motherkind Podcast explores how to feel happier, more confident and empowered in your motherhood, even in our world of pressure, judgment and comparison. I'm your host, Zoe Blasky, and every week I speak to an incredible expert to share actionable steps and powerful lessons to living your life as a mother with more joy and unapologetic confidence. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Motherkind. Kind.